Welcome to the Gamer Down Podcast. Last night on Raw, we had a six-woman tag match. We had Charlotte Flair, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, against Manny Rose, Dana Brooke, and Asuka. The match was okay. I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't really find it entertaining. The only good part of that match was when Alexa Bliss and her doll Lily made an appearance mid-match in saying they were watching someone important. We don't know who it is, who they're talking about, but it'll be interesting to see in the following, either next week or the following weeks, who they're talking about and who they're actually looking at to see who they're targeting. But other than that, the match wasn't that good. Even on Busted Open Radio, shout out to Busted Open Radio. You guys do a phenomenal job. I love what listening to you guys every time. So shout out to them. Even because Bully Ray and David LaGreca, like I said on Busted Open, they hated the match. The only thing they found interesting was Alexa Bliss and her doll Lily during the match. So that says, that says a lot when it comes from them. But the second match, you had almost an AJ Styles, your Raw Tag Team Champions, teaming with Elias and Jackson Riker against the team of The New Day of Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, teaming with Riddle and Randy Orton. That was an interesting take match because you knew you were going to get a lot with The New Day and Riddle, and especially with Jackson Riker, Elias, and AJ Styles going at each other. The big guy almost, holy crap, he's a freaking skyscraper. I've watched um, Xavier Woods on his YouTube channel. Shout out to his YouTube YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down. Where they do GM mode for SmackDown vs. Raw. I believe it's 2007 they do it for. And he even calls almost a freaking skyscraper. So, like I said, he's a tall dude. And and Randy didn't really do much during the match because he's that crafty veteran who waits and picks his moment for when getting in the match. He waited and he avoided almost entirely, which is the smartest idea, especially with that, that big of a man, because you do not want to get near him. The end of the match, he knew it was coming. Randy made that secret tag where no one saw it. The, the team of almost... AJ, Elias, and Jackson Riker didn't know that Randy was the legal man. And when almost was stalking the New Day, Randy came and does what he does best and hit that RKO out of nowhere. Right on uh, right on Elias, and you got that 1-2-3 for, for the team. So the New Day, Riddle, and Randy, Randy Orton won that match. Then the third match was Sheamus versus Humberto Carrillo. It was it was an interesting match, but Humberto couldn't continue because he injured his leg, but listening through Busted Open, his leg is okay, so we'll probably see him back on Raw next week. Then an interesting match of Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. They put on a great match, and especially... Especially the way Cedric was talking about how he's the new kid on the block and he's and how Shelton is washed up and can't do it anymore. But 
Shelton be being the veteran that he is, he's been in he's been doing wrestling since man, I would say two thousand four. Cause he was the first time I saw Shelton Benjamin, he was part of Team Angle, where it was Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas, and Kurt Angle. That's the first time I saw Charlie. I mean, uh, Shelton Benjamin, and he does a tour. He is a great athlete, and the stuff that he does in the ring, not many people can do, and some people can't really do to this day. So he is, when they say once in a lifetime performer, Shelton Benjamin is that once in a lifetime performer. Then, then you see a moment backstage where Charlotte is talking with, um, I forgot the woman's name back there. Um, but she's kind of, uh, the female is kind of like the person in charge where she can make matches happen and all that. So Charlotte gave her the idea of having Rhea Ripley and Asuka have a match in the night. So she agreed to it. So the Rhea Ripley and Asuka match did happen. Rhea Ripley won because... She hit her finisher on Asuka. It was a good match. I am a fan of Rhea Ripley's, especially when she had her time in NXT. I really enjoyed watching her in NXT. Right now, right now it's hard to say what she's doing, if she's a heel or she's a babyface. Babyface, in wrestling terms, you're more of a good guy. Heel, in wrestling terms, is you're more of a bad guy. So right now, between those two... She's kind of in that gray area of going back and forth. We really don't know yet. So hopefully they find a w- find which way they want to go with Rhea. But I hope, I really hope they do Rhea right. Because with the, rec- with the recent talent that they've called up from NXT, they have not done any of them justice. Keith Lee was supposed to be in the Rumble. Not in the Rumble, but he was supposed to have a match. I believe they have a match at the Rumble for the U.S. Championship. And they they took him out and replaced him with, I think, I think they replaced him with Riddle or someone else. But you haven't seen Keith Lee. He had to go back down to, go back down to the Performance Center down in Florida to get more work in. So... Hopefully at some point they bring Keith Lee back into the fold and see what they can actually do with him. But but the really thing that bothers me is where is Ricochet? Ricochet is a great wrestler. The stuff that he can do, like I said with, like I said with Cedric, Ricochet is on another level. That's why... They call Ricochet the one and only because there's not a lot of things that that Ricochet does not really many people can do. And they really need Ricochet back on TV. The last time the last time they had Ricochet on TV, I would say it was before Mania. But even before Mania, you haven't really seen anything of Ricochet at all. Maybe in a really, you would see Ricochet and maybe like a backstage segment where someone's going through the locker room. But other than that, you haven't seen a peep or heard anything from Ricochet whatsoever. They need that guy 
back in the ring because that's where he needs to be and that's where he belongs. And you have three hours on USA every Monday and there's nothing you can put on for Ricochet whatsoever. You are wasting Ricochet's talent having him sit backstage Monday after Monday after Monday not doing anything. They're wasting talent. And that is really effed up. I'm trying not to curse. I'm trying to keep <laughs> trying to keep this podcast PG. So I'm hoping I'm doing a good job. If I did say a swear word, please let me know. I apologize, but like I said, I'm gonna try and keep it PG for you. But like I said, with Ricochet, he needs to be out there more because he is wasting so much talent. But after that match, you had Damian Priest versus John Morrison. And the match between Damian Priest and John Morrison was really good. You had... Oh, you know. But you had Damian Priest go over John Morrison. So Damian Priest gets to choose the stipulation in the match with The Miz. At WrestleMania Backlash this Sunday. So. And. The way things are going between John Morrison and The Miz. It's not looking that good. Because The Miz keeps interfering in Morrison's matches. When Morrison has the upper hand. And could actually win the match. For some reason. The Miz is just interfering at the wrong place at the wrong time. And it's just costing Morrison to lose. And Morrison is a great talent. I enjoyed watching his matches. When he when he came back to the WWE, I was hoping they would have him by himself, not being back with The Miz, because they could really push Morrison and have him do some great things and even be a, a singles championship. Even if you put him in a, in a freaking uh, WWE title or even a universal title match, he would do a good job and carry that championship week after week. And I firmly believe that. But Damien Priest chose the stipulation of a lumberjack match. And if you don't know what a lumberjack match is, it's two people in the ring with the ring surrounded by by wrestlers. WWE calls them superstars. It's fucking professional wrestling. I know I just swore, but I apologize. But it's professional wrestling. They're professional wrestlers. So the wrestlers surround the ring. And if any time they get thrown out of the ring, the superstars have to, the wrestlers have to throw them back in the ring so they can't run anywhere. That's what, that what, that's what a lumberjack match is. So. So Damien Priest and The Miz, this Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash, they're going to be facing off against each other in a Lumberjack match. Then the last match of the night is Drew McIntyre against the almighty WWE champion Bobby Lashley. Every time I see these two in the in a ring, it is hard-hitting back and forth every single time. They, I've, I've listened to Busted Open Radio and I've heard Bully Ray explain how Bobby Lashley is and how Drew McIntyre is. And when they when he says they lay their stuff in, 
that means they lay their stuff in because it's hard hitting. You can it is it is a great match. I very much enjoyed it. It kept my attention. Then at the end you had Braun Strowman, the Monster Among Men, come out and interfere at the end of the match because earlier in the night you had MVP make a deal with Braun Strowman to hurt Drew McIntyre to the point where he wouldn't be able to make it to WrestleMania Backlash. So it's a one-on-one match between Braun Strowman and the almighty WWE champion, Bobby Lashley, for the WWE Championship. But... Braun Strowman doesn't make deals with anybody. He is his own man. So he he lays out both Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre for the running power slam. And even at one point when Bobby Lashley was outside the ring, Braun Strowman went out, he picked up Bobby Lashley and ran him and did a running power slam right through the barricade and the barricade broke. Then he went back in the ring and he finished off Drew McIntyre with another running power slam. To send a message to both of them that he's coming for that WWE title at WrestleMania Backlash. So that match with Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, and the almighty WWE champion Bobby Lashley. That is nothing but going to be a hard-hitting hard hitting match. Which I am going to be definitely looking forward to and going to be interested in. So that is my rundown of Raw from last night. NXT is currently on as I'm recording this, and I'm also making notes for that. So I would also, and in a few, after NXT is done, I'll also be going over NXT for you. Then, then I'll be going, then after that, I'll be going either, I'll be talking either about a video game or a movie. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Alright, we're at the movie portion of the podcast, so I'm going to be covering, I was going to, I thought about a movie, but I'm like, I figured I'd change my mind because there's one movie that, well not one movie, but let's say a series of movies that I really enjoy, and that's the Godzilla movies. I first watched the Godzilla movies back when I was really young, the 1998 American version of Godzilla wasn't that wasn't that good. Did I like it? Yeah, but it didn't really capture what Godzilla is like with the Japanese versions, because Japanese versions are so good, even if it's not really like CGI like it is right now with the Godzilla movies. But at the same time, they're very enjoyable to watch. I mean, I can watch all of them nonstop and not and not get um. What's the word? Uh, I'm trying to find the word I'm looking for, but I can watch them nonstop basically and fully enjoy them without losing anything. But for a while, you really didn't see any Godzilla movies until 2014, when Godzilla made a comeback. And when when it came out, you had the Godzilla version, a new Godzilla 
that was designed by uh, by Gareth Edwards, who directed the movie. And the 2014 version of Godzilla, I fully enjoyed. I absolutely, I first saw it in theaters. I absolutely loved it. I bought it on Blu-ray. I've watched it so many times since buying it on Blu-ray. I can't really say, I can't see anything bad about the film because it's really good. Um, I've heard people complain that you don't see Godzilla that often in the movie. Which I can see, but at the same time, when I was watching a video of like the make of the movie and Gareth Edwards talking about it, it's a build-up to seeing Godzilla. So when you first see him in Hawaii, you see him coming through the water to a um, to a naval naval ship and go underwater and come back up. So you gotta get a you get a glimpse of his back and all that, but when he's at the airport and you see the water come through, and the guy's looking at the Muto, which is a, which is a monster unidentifying terrestrial organism, you don't see you see Godzilla for really just about a few seconds of what he looks like, and you hear hear the roar for the first time in the movie. But other than, other than that, you really don't see him that often until really the end of the movie where you get that big monster fight that you've always waited for. It was always a build-up to it. So it got something for you to look forward to as, you, as the movie went on and as it progressed, which I really enjoyed, which is, I think, for a movie like this, it's a really good idea. Because in some of the Japanese movies of Godzilla, you see him right away at the almost at the beginning of it, and all the way through the movie, you keep seeing him. But to do a new version of of Godzilla like this and have it a build up, I think it made it more enjoyable for people, especially for me. And I'm just talking from my experience from watching the movie, and this is just my opinion. If you have different opinions, please share them with me because I would I would really look. I'm really interested in seeing what. Your opinions of the 2014 Godzilla is. But like I said, there's just my opinions of what I felt of how I enjoyed the movie. But like I said, I'm really looking forward to see what you guys thought about it. Oh, excuse me. But um, the monster fight at the end with the two Mutos and Godzilla was was a really good fight movie at the end. Because you see a lot of destruction, a lot of carnage, just three big ass monsters just fighting each other all over San Francisco and just really destroying San Francisco. And when I was when I was first watching the movie, I'm and I'm just waiting and waiting because I've always loved how Godzilla used his atomic breath. Then after after um. After one of the soldiers blew up the uh, Mutos, like children, blew up one of their nests, I should say. After he got blew up, you see him fly, and he's against a like a uh, pillar. When he lays back, you can see some like glass breaking on the pillar and the Mutos. And when the big the big female Muto no, uh, noticed him, 
and he's just going right at him and looking at him. All of a sudden, you see, you see that you see the soldier, and all of a sudden you see a blue light come up on the soldier. And people are what kind of people? I think some people knew what it was. Some people were like, "Hmm, blue light. What is it?" But as then all of a sudden you see Godzilla's tail, and you see the blue light. And as it's traveling up his scales on his back, then right away I knew immediately. I knew what I was looking at, and that was the atomic breath getting ready to fire from Godzilla. And <clears throat> when it when it came out, and when it just when it was just hitting the Muto, I got I got so excited because I'm a Godzilla fan. I really enjoyed these movies, so that was like. For me, that was like sit up and almost jump out of my seat moment because I really and because I really enjoyed it, enjoyed it, and I got really excited to see it. And just and the way the way they made this Godzilla, it's totally different from any other version from the Japanese versions or the '98 version, which the '98 version looks like more of the, more of a lizard than an actual. Than what Godzilla looked like in in Japan at the time, it's just a bad. The '98 version of Godzilla is just totally bad. That's why. That's why uh, in uh, in Godzilla: Final Wars from Japan, when they have their Godzilla face off against the '98 version of Godzilla, it just totally wrecked it and just just blew it up right away. So that Godzilla can take a, <laughs> a flying leap from '98. But this this version of Godzilla paid homage to what the Japan Godzillas are, and I think they fully. I really enjoyed the this version. It looks badass. It is badass. And if you have not seen Godzilla from twenty fourteen, I highly suggest you go and watch it because if you love movies like this. I think you will fully and I think you will really enjoy it. So I hope you guys take a look, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so NXT just ended about say ten minutes ago. NXT right now for the WWE is really the best show that they have going on right now because. It is what it's supposed to be. It is a wrestling show. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it is a wrestling show. That is what that's what Monday Night Monday Night Run needs to be. And I gave a shout out earlier in this podcast to Bully Ray and David LaGreca. And I also have to get a shout out to Tommy Dreamer and Mark Henry from Bustin' Open Radio on Sirius XM. I listen to them Monday through Friday while I'm at work every single day to get their thoughts and their opinions from the shows. And they nail it on the head every single time, especially when David LaGreca and Bully Ray are talking about Monday Night Raw. Bully Ray, Bully Ray refers to Monday Night Raw as a wrestling variety show. Which you don't get much. You get you do get wrestling, but it's a variety. Which, whereas NXT is a pure wrestling show. 
you see, all you see is just nonstop action. Every single time you watch it, you enjoy it. I have not seen a bad NXT episode for I don't know how long. NXT is the best show that WWE has right now besides SmackDown. SmackDown does better than Monday Night Raw. Because that's entertaining and that's more enjoyable. NXT is two hours. SmackDown is two hours. Monday Night Raw Mondays is three hours long. And I'll admit, I spend every Monday for three hours from... I'm in I'm Central Time, so I watch Monday Night Raw from 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock every single Monday. And there's times where I just can't watch it. I mute it. I'm on my phone. I'll look up just to see what's going on because nothing catches my eye when I watch Monday Night Raw. There'll be a few wrestlers here and there on Monday Night Raw, but with NXT, it's just pure nonstop action. I care about more wrestlers on NXT than I do Monday Night Raw. So the first match on NXT was Austin Theory against Karrion Cross. Austin Theory is part of the wave that is with Johnny Gargano and his wife Candice LeRae. And Karrion Cross is with Scarlett Bordeaux. <clears throat> and if you have not seen Karrion Cross's entrance, I highly suggest you go to YouTube, look up Karrion Cross. Cross's uh, entrance. I really enjoy his entrance. He has such a badass entrance every single time he comes out. This guy is built. He is. If you ever seen a picture of like, um, what can I compare Karrion Karrion Cross to? The way he's built, he's almost built like a Drew McIntyre. But this guy is just. Tough in the rain. He will put you down. I mean, during the match, Austin Theory got a got some good hits in on Karrion Cross, but this guy is such a monster and a beast. He is tough to keep down. And Karrion Cross just came back and just whooped the crap out of Austin Theory. And Karrion Cross won the match, but after the match, the guy standing. Right next to um, Karen Cross is Finn Balor. And Finn Balor wanted a rematch because at the last um, the last pay-per-view that NXT had, Karen Cross beat Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. So now Finn Balor wants his rematch for the NXT Championship. And Karen Cross said he wanted it also. Finn Balor said, let's do it, and Karrion Cross agreed. So in two weeks, on Tuesday on NXT on USA, you're going to have Karrion Cross against Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. And this is a match that I will be looking forward to and going to be enjoying watching when it's on NXT. Then after that, you had Pete Dunne in the ring talking how Karrion Cross picked Finn Balor to be to be his challenger for the NXT championship then uh, out of nowhere you had Leon Ruff attack um yeah he, Leon Ruff attacked Pete Dunne because Pete Dunne issued an open challenge and Leon Ruff accepted 
Leon Ruff is a great talent. He's he's fast in rain, but Pete Dunn, his nickname is the Bruiserate for a reason because he has joint manipulation like I've not seen any guy have in a rain. So Pete Dunn just beat the he beat Leon Ruff up. And Pete Dunn won. But after that match, you had Raquel Gonzalez against Mercedes Mitinas. Mercedes Mitinas, excuse me, for the NXT Women's Championship. Both of these women are tall and strong. And this match was nothing but a hard-hitting match back and forth. I really enjoyed it. They they put on a show for that match. And they represented that women's division like a hundred percent they fully represented that women's division in NXT and either if if Raquel Gonzalez retained it's on the right woman and if Mercedes Martinez beat Raquel it's definitely on the right woman because they are tough and they will fight to the nail in every match that they're in and give it a hundred but uh, after after that match, excuse me. After that match, you had Oni Larkin against Kyler Riley, and that was another good match. Kyler Riley has been on a roll since beating Adam Cole at their last pay per view, and Kyler Riley and Adam Cole had like a like a no not like a non sanction match where anything goes. You have to either win by pinfall or submission, and that's it. And that was such a brutal match. But ever since then, Kyle O'Reilly has, Kyle O'Reilly has been on a roll. And he faced, like I said, Oni Lorcan. Um, Kyle O'Reilly went over on Oni Lorcan. He won the match. But Pete Dunn attacked um, Kyle O'Reilly after the match, and Oni Lorcan was also attacking him. But you also had the return of Kyle O'Reilly's former partner, Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish has been out for quite a while with an injury, and he made his return tonight on NXT. So it was nice to see Bobby Fish back. So welcome back, Bobby Fish. Then the last match of the night was Santos Escobar versus Kushida for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. This match was two out of three falls. So a two out of three falls match is either you have to win both matches in a row by one superstar to win, or if one superstar wins a match and the other superstar wins a match, then you have that final, that final fall, well, the final match to determine who's going to win. That's why it's two out of three falls. But Santos Escobar was really the longest reigning Cruiserweight champion for NXT. When I was watching it, they said he held the title for 313 days which is well over a year. And Kushida beat beat him two weeks ago on NXT for the Cruiserweight Championship. So this was Santos Escobar's rematch for that championship. And it was nothing but a hard-hitting match. Their styles were really good. It was, like I said, hard-hitting. Um, Kushida knows no submissions, and he went to that arm of Santos Escobar 
And at the end, he did a Northern Line suplex and just held that arm and just just strangled, just not strangled, but just tightened that grip on it so much that Santos couldn't get up. So, so Kushida won the final fall. He retains the Cruiserweight Championship for the final match of NXT tonight. And like I said, I fully enjoy the show. And I I look forward to watching NXT more than I do Monday Night Raw every single Tuesday. I might stop in, I might stop watching Monday Night Raw and just watch the highlights just to see what happens. Because watching three hours for Monday Night Raw is just ridiculous. And I just might not be able to do it anymore because like I said, I'm not gonna sit and watch Monday Night Raw for three hours and have maybe maybe an hour and a half to two hours muted because it's not entertaining to me. So and besides I get more out of listening to excuse me, watching listening to Bully Ray and David LeGrecker on Tuesdays on Busted Open Radio talking about Raw than I actually do watching the show. So thank you guys. Okay, this is the last portion of tonight's podcast. For video game, I'm going to be covering Fallout 4. If you haven't played Fallout 4, I totally say you're missing out. But if you're a fan of Bethesda and the Fallout series of games, Fallout 4 is a terrific game to play because it's a vast open world game. It's them it is amazing the storyline in the game is fantastic i enjoy playing the game every single time then you have different aspects of the game where you either have the railroad you have the minutemen you have the brotherhood of steel and you have the institute that you that you either can you can join each one or, yes, you can join each one, but as you get towards the end of the game, you have to either pick pick one of them to go with. Depending which route you take, either you can be a part of the Brother and Steel, but then you're no longer friends with like the Railroad and no longer friends with the Institute. But you'll still remain friends as with the Minutemen. It just depends which road you take and how and how the game plays out for you. But the main story of Fallout 4 takes place in 2287. Because earlier in because earlier when you first play the game is before the nuclear fallout. Because as you're running towards Vault 111, you see a big, uh, like a big blast go off. But it's a nuclear, nuclear blast that goes off, and you're in Massachusetts. Which, as you are in the vault, they go and you put you in like a, kind of like a, uh, it's a long-term uh, cryogenic stasis. Which you kind of like sleep in. But at some point. About. Like. 
about like 200 years later, you wake up and you come on and you just see just like a like kind of like um if you ever seen the Mad Max movies where it's just like a complete wasteland, that's what Fallout 4 is. It's just a complete wasteland and it's known as the Commonwealth. And instead of having like we have like paper money and change the way they pay with stuff in the Commonwealth is with bottle caps. Bottle caps bottle caps is the only way that you can pay for like either pay for food, clothing, um, like armor you wanna get or weapons you wanna buy. <laughs> that's the only way you can like that's your way of making money and exchanging money in the Commonwealth. But it is a long, long term, it's a long story to play through, but you also have a ton of side quests to do during the game also, which I fully enjoy doing. Then as you're playing, you come across different, like, different species of stuff. Like you have the, um, I'm trying to think of the name. I'm also I'm trying to look of what what some of the uh, like different different creatures were in Fallout 4 but I think um, uh, where is it 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 you know for creatures I'm sorry I'm taking a little bit but but um as you come across you'll have different creatures that you come across ghouls are people that were exposed to massive massive amounts of radiation and they're just they're kind of I want to say they're like zombie they're like zombie like and they just come and they just attack you. And sometimes you'll have a few. Sometimes you'll maybe have like about six to eight of them just coming at you. Those are what ghouls are. Supermarines are like big, big tall giants that are green. And they, they'll they have they'll have weapons and try shooting at you. They'll have big hounds. Just like big, big, big dogs that are green and just... And, vish, and they're vicious, and they'll try and attack you as well. Um, death claws, death claws are big, big creatures. Their their hands are huge. They have heads with two horns that come out, and it is crazy when you come across them because they'll they'll grab you and pick you, and they'll just like roar at you and just throw you down. Those guys are like the one things you don't want to come across because it is tough trying to face them. And it's really a pain in the ass when you come across death crawlers. But like I said, about Fallout 4, it's it's a great game. The story story is full. There's not nothing that you can't do to not enjoy the game. And they also had um, 
they had two expansions for the game. Nuka World, which is like a big theme park for Nuka World, but you have different areas of the theme park, and those are all taken over by raiders that live there. And when you first enter Nuka World, you go through a chain station that takes you to Nuka World. Then you face over against the overboss. And the overboss is the, is the, I want to say end-all, be-all, but the guy with the main, main answers of what goes on in Nuka World and has the final say-so of what happens. So when you defeat the overboss, you become the new overboss of Nuka World. Then you have, then you have four, you have four different sections of Nuka World that you have to clear out and pick which, which Raider clan claims those sections of the park which I fully enjoy and in at some point in also while you're in Nuka World either you can go back to the Commonwealth where you have um we have uh kind of like posts set up where they're like safe areas you can have the raiders take over the post so that you can send supplies and money back to Nuka World if you wanted to, or there's people in Nuka World that are, they have collars that have red lights on the kind of like bombs. If they don't, if they don't comply, you know, they may, they may get punished for it. So you can, you can work with them, clear out all the raiders and let them live, live there without being worried about what's going to happen to them. And the other expansion is Far Harbor. In Far Harbor, you take a boat that's at the north part of the map and takes you to, I forgot exactly where, but when you get there, it's completely foggy and you have big, big creatures that are just from like, they look like sea monsters, but they, but they walk on land and they just come and they try to, because of the fog, they can survive in the fog and they try to take over. So you help a small town against these creatures to keep them back because of the fog. Then as as the story goes on, you learn about um I think uh I think the guy's name is Ada if I recall. But you learn why why the fog's there and the brother of Adam and everything that goes on between between Far Harbor, Ada and the children of Adam of why everything's going on. Then, if you do everything correctly, they can they can all coexist and live in peace if you do it correctly. If not, then one's gonna attack the other, so on and so forth. But the vast vast majority of the game is completely fun. The expansions have always been fun, and they also introduce mods in the game where you can download download mods that other people have created to like change up the game a bit and I, I myself personally I have downloaded mods for the game the first mod I downloaded was to get a different weapon for the game which is a 1911 it's a 45 caliber 1911 I've always been a fan of 1911s so I was able to add that in the game then they have mods for like Star Wars characters. They can add in 
I mean, not even Batman. There's a Batman mod where you can have like the bat suit from um, from Batman for Superman, the whole cowl cape and the bat suit and all that. They have that in there, or they got Star Wars weapons like um, like Jingle Fett's Jingle Fett's guns from Attack of the Clones, or you can have the Stormtroopers' um, E11 rifles. That's in there also, or you can even have. Um, Darth Vader, Kylo Ren's, Luke Skywalker's, Darth Maul's, all, you can have their, their, they have their lightsabers in there as well for you to use in the mods. And the mods also have, like, you can clean, clean up the Commonwealth so it doesn't look so, so it doesn't really look like a wasteland, but it's, like, clean. I've used that before. You can have mods for other um, I'll post where you can build stuff from scratch and have it and build your own way and almost like build your own town sort of where other like other settlers that are like in the Commonwealth come and kind of live and have a place where they can live and enjoy. But I've played Fallout 4 so many times and completed the game I don't know how many times, but for me, Fallout 4 is one of my favorite games to play. If you haven't played Fallout 4, I highly suggest it. You'll enjoy playing it. So, I hope you guys pick it up and enjoy it. So, this is the, like I said, the last part of the podcast for the night. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you have suggestions on how I should do something different... Please reach out. Please tell me. I want to make this enjoyable for people to listen to and enjoy it and get a break for your day. Um, I do have a Facebook page that you can reach me at. And I also do have a Twitter. Um, for my Facebook, you can... Reach me at facebook.com slash gamerxdom. So that's facebook.com slash g-a-m-e-r-x-d-o-m. That's how you can reach me on Facebook. Then for Twitter, my Twitter handle, as soon as I can pull it up for you. My Twitter handle, Twitter handle is at... Gamer X Dom G A M E R X the letter X then D O M that's my Twitter handle so you can reach me there also so I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast I hope you look forward to the next one have a good night guys.